I think this weekend I laughed harder than I've ever laughed in my entire life. I can vouch for that. To the point where I almost threw up. (laughs) And no, it wasn't watching Melissa McCarthy fall down over and over again. It was watching Chris Redd give his... uh, Give his stand-up performance on stage mere, with a mere three feet in front of us. It was pretty great. It was. He was super, super funny. Chris Redd, if you don't know, is uh, currently featured on SNL. And uh, we knew him first from the movie Pop Star, which is that Andy Samberg musical documentary. And Chris Redd plays Hunter the Hungry, who's kind of a, a friend and then a rival of, of uh, Connors. And... We were really, really excited. We're kind of big fans of Chris Redd, even though he hasn't put a whole lot out yet because he's pretty young, apparently. Yeah. Um, but damn, he was hilarious. Oh, yeah. He was great. And he's just a really cool dude, which we found out. Because the comedy club we saw him in, it's a pretty small club. I mean, you can fit maybe like 200 people in there max. And uh, he was hanging out at the bar beforehand and hanging out afterwards and just talking to people he we went up and took a picture with him and chatted for a second and just really nice genuine dude so yeah he was he was really really cool and uh yeah i don't know it's always nice uh when you see people who are normal ish you know and not (laughs) super big divas or anything like that yeah so yeah that was really and i mean (laughs) i think i think the part where i remember you really really laughing I was doing a little bit of an eye roll because it was some pretty gratuitous butthole jokes, (laughs) which, uh, pardon my pun, but they're right up your alley. Oh, yeah. And man, did they connect. (laughs) (laughs) I also was kind of drunk, maybe a little, but uh, no, it was great. It was definitely definitely, uh, a top five laugh for sure. Yeah, he was a really good performance, and I love getting out to any stand-up in general, but he was probably one of the better shows mm-hmm. um, that I can remember seeing. So if you do get a chance, um, I don't think he tours very often because he's on SNL most of the time, but if you do get a chance to see Chris Red, uh, make sure that you get out and do that. He, he gets a full SoCo recommend from us. Probably not nearly as funny as that guy, but we are here for episode 38 <laughs> of the SoCo show. Definitely not so as funny. welcome in to... Uh, like I said, episode 38, Seth Ott, Cody Michael joining you as always. Uh, we're going to have lots of news, a lot of fun stuff. I don't think we'll get Seth on his soapbox this week. but uh, No, I had to take a little break. Yeah, his blood pressure is getting too high. We can't can't do that every week. <laughs> but we got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, uh, some free agency news in sports, um, big video game release date that we're excited to announce. Um, we're going to review some movies and we're going to get back to Seth's TV corner. So a lot of, a uh, lot of back in the corner, back in the corner. No we're going to have puts baby in a corner. We're going to have some, there. <laughs> we're going to have some corners coming up at least in the next, this week and the next two weeks after I'll have some shows ending. So, well, and shows are coming out and yeah. ending fast and furious right now. Totally oh, yeah. drift. So it's, you're going to be a busy man <laughs> with a, <laughs> with a, a guest appearance by Vin Diesel at the end. Family. <laughs> I live my life quarter, quarter mile at a time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, a lot of good stuff today. So let's jump into the show, and we're going to start as always with chic tweets. I call you a punk. I think we've found the Iron Sheik's new favorite movie. One we've seen actually, but uh, I don't know if we share the same ideas. But the Iron Sheik was talking about the movie. 
starring uh, Adam, Ad, what's his name? Adam Divine. Divine. I can never get that fucking right. The, basically, the workaholics guy is called Game Over Man. And the Iron Sheik, I think he's now delving into the world of movie reviewing with this, <laughs> with, with this latest tweet. One of the greatest movie I ever see. Fuck the notebook. Fuck the jabroni Bette Midler beaches. This movie, excellent. He's talking about Game Over Man? Yeah. And he thinks it's better than Bette Midler's Beaches? <laughs> Wait, were those his previous two favorite movies? <laughs> Maybe. That's a weird list of movies. Uh, I can confidently say I disagree with she, <laughs> because I thought that movie was hot garbage. Oh, yeah. Have you, were you, you weren't really a big Workaholics fan back then. Oh, the day, never right? been. Yeah. The only thing I've liked Adam Devine, Devine in, whatever, is uh, Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave is good. Yeah. Which I don't think he wrote or anything, so I'm not surprised that everything that he's written or been creative on has been bad in my mind. Yeah, I, I've seen a few Workaholics episodes that I've enjoyed, but I think it's a really specific type of comedy that just doesn't really jive with me. I do know people that are big fans of Workaholics. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll like Game Over Man better than we did. But we're even on performance-enhancing comedy substances, and we still did not enjoy it. So that says something about Game Over Man. It doesn't get a recommendation from us, but, I mean, maybe the Sheik knows more about movies than we do. Who knows? Also, uh, a follow-up on that. Uh, Anders Holm, Holm, who's one of the actors and Workaholics guys, he tweeted uh, the – because Iron Sheik, like, quote-tweeted one mm-hmm. of his tweets. And uh, – <laughs> Anders Holm did respond to him and said, real recognizes real with a hand clap emoji. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I do like, I like that guy Anders. I've seen him in a couple other things. And I think he is a, potentially got more acting chops than those other two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Devine's whole thing is just like, he just gets into these long rants where he's screaming and yelling and spitting all over himself. And like, mm-hmm. he does it in Pitch Perfect and he does it in every, in Mike and Dave and he does it in this like four times. Mm-hmm. And he, it was just, a, it was just a little indulgent. In that, and that—that's why I didn't really like it. Is he like the male Melissa McCarthy? He kind of is, man. Don't get me fucking started. <laughs> hold on, hold <laughs> on. We got to get out of this segment before Seth has a conniption. This has been Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. Stop dancing, Randy. <laughs> Well, before we jump into news, we, of course, have to mention Audible. Uh, make sure that you go online to audibletrial.com slash SoCo and get your first 30 days for free. Free! And that is, of course, going to come with your first credit for free as well. Free! So log on to there, get your get your, your first 30 days and your first book free. Free! Of charge brought to you by your good friends at the SoCo Show. What are you, are you listening to anything right now? You got any books? I'm still working, making my way through the uh, Orphan X, the newest one. Oh, uh, yeah. Hellbent is what it's called. How many but books is that in the series? That's the third one. Yeah. Well, kind of like uh, it, it, there's a little mini one, kind of like the the other series, that Steelheart series, Reckoner okay. series. Um, that doesn't really do a whole lot, but yeah, this is technically the third one. Yeah. That this is a series that's this optioned. It, it has a movie planned. Um, I just don't. It's had, it's it's the book. The first book hadn't even come out yet, and they had signed a, the movie rights up hmm. with Bradley Cooper penned to star. But we'll see what happens. Well, that could It'd be, be a cool. sweet movie. Orphan X. Uh, I'm really not in any books right now, to be honest. Uh, been heavy on the podcast lately, but I know that a lot of folks probably just went out last weekend and saw Ready Player One. 
And I know we've recommended it three or four times on the show, but especially if you, now that you've seen the movie, get out there and listen to the book. It's fantastic, especially in audiobook form. It's got Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Um, I think our good friend Jared is now going to work his way through that. Will Wheaton. After having seen, after having seen the movie. So uh, now's the time to get out there and listen to that. I was actually just talking to my brother yesterday or a couple days ago. And he had found a list of like the 40 books that are being made into movies this year. Mm -hmm. And so we are deciding between a couple of them and we're each going to renew a little brotherly book club thing. So uh, we're going to go on there and we're deciding between a couple that we're going to listen to the audiobooks and then uh, wait for the movies to come out. There's um, there's actually a really I'm really excited for a there's a Neil Armstrong uh, biopic coming mm. out later this year and so uh one of the one of our final options is that um biography so oh uh, man i can't wait to see him ride some bikes <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> steroid free and yeah so there's i mean millions of books to choose from on audible and they have the, the best streaming uh the best user interface and and just an impossible amount of selection so make sure you get on audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Get your first 30 days and your first audiobook for free. All right, let's get to the news. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll start with video games. Oops. <laughs> missed, missed the key there. Let's try this again. Let's get to the news and we're going to start with video games. Video games. We got uh, probably, at least for me, one of the top three or so most anticipated video games of the year is, uh, it's a PlayStation exclusive, so I'll let you talk about it, but we finally got a release date for a highly anticipated title. Yeah, Barbie Horse Adventures comes out August 12th. Cannot wait. Yeah. Now, we've talked about it a few times. Spider-Man PS4, which is still the the title, working title, comes out September 7th. Uh, They release some news for that as well that there's going to be a bunch of different playable suits you can have that have different powers and stuff too which are not going to be uh like any sort of microtransactions it's also going to it's all going to be within the game which is really cool thank god I, yeah i know that i know you hate microtransactions fuck them <laughs> so that'll be really cool uh the bad news is that this comes out a week before the new tomb raider game comes out so that'll be eating into some of my playing time. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that, though, in terms of, I mean, there wasn't really any new gameplay or anything for Spider-Man other than, like, the news about the suits. But what do you think about these two-bit blockbuster games? Do you think one of them will move? Do you think, like, maybe Tomb Raider moves now? or You know, I I don't know as much about release dates for video games, so I don't know how much it would affect, either would affect the other. I know we're going to get both. And yeah. we're going to get two copies of Tomb Raider. So, like, in our house, it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> right. But I think if you were going to get Spider-Man, you'll still get it. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to get Tomb Raider, you'll still get it. The exception, I think, to this would be, like, if you're a 10-year-old kid whose parents have to buy you games and you only get one. Yeah. That could maybe... But I don't know how big of a... I don't know how much of the market that represents. I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I think in some ways it, it would make sense that it's even more of a more of like an, an issue because video games take so much more time than a movie does. Mm-hmm. People don't have to leave their house, but it takes, some games can take 30, you know, 30 hours to complete. I don't know how long Spider-Man or Tomb Raider, but Tomb Raider is usually on the longer side mm-hmm. of things. Spider-Man might be a little shorter with just the kind of the, the material that's in it. But I, a lot of cases, you don't see a lot of games come out other than like sports games uh, come out really close to each other. I, and with especially with Tomb Raider kind of coming out of nowhere with that announcement, mm-hmm. 
I, I would I wouldn't be shocked if I saw Tomb Raider move back to maybe like the holidays. Yeah, I don't think it would surprise me a whole lot. Um, I think where the kind of X factor in all this is is that Spider Man is a PlayStation exclusive and Tomb Raider is not. Mm-hmm. And last time Tomb Raider came out, it was a timed exclusive where it was on Xbox first and then mm-hmm. they waited a while for PlayStation. I don't think they'll go back to that. So I'm hoping they don't push it back because I want to play it on Xbox. <laughs> um, and it'll have to all release at the same time. I don't know. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tomb Raider moves by a little bit. But I know that for me personally, I'm, we're still going to get both games. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting, though, to see. Uh, I don't remember, other than kind of that November, December time frame when everyone tries to come out with their stuff, mm-hmm. I, I've not really had any, I've never really given any thought to if they hurt each other in that mm-hmm. way. It'll be interesting to see. I know that you're a big fan of the Telltale games in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about Batman in the last couple weeks, but, but we got news more recently out of the Walking Dead Telltale game. Yeah, Telltale the, game. the final season of the that series, which I think would be its third season. It might be fourth. Fuck if I know anymore. But yeah, they announced the final season of that. It's going to be uh, still starring Clementine, who is the girl from the original game. Uh, the, the most recent season, which I'm... Going through, I haven't played in a little bit, but uh, it's kind of a mix between her and another character. Sounds like this last one will just be her, which I think a lot of people preferred her. I know I did, so it'll be fun. I'm I I really enjoy playing these games. They're they're simple to play, but they also they're complex in terms of the characters, uh, the choices. It's basically like playing a TV show, so it should be fun. Maybe this means they'll finally fucking end The Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't think so. I know the ratings have been lower, but it's still one of the higher rated shows, so. Well, I suppose. Let's get over to sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. I promise that the sports section is not actually reserved for only Rams news, but the Rams are the (laughs) only ones making moves, and so it just keeps being about the Rams. They picked up Brandon Cooks this week, traded away to the Patriots a first-round draft choice and a sixth-round draft choice, and they're going to get back Brandon Cooks and a fourth-rounder. I have my own thoughts about this, and I'll share them in a second. What do you think of this move, Seth? I mean, the Rams suck, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I it's good and bad. I mean, the, the Rams needed uh, another weapon in terms of the receiving core. They had a, a decent receiving core, but Brandon Cooks, I think, makes them uh, go from like a, a maybe a slightly above average receiving core to uh, one of the better ones in the NFL now. Mm. Um, what they gave up was was a, a, a little bit. Plus, they're gonna have to tr- re-sign him now, uh, or sign him to a long-term deal. So the Donald deal might be impacted a little bit. But I, I think that for this season, it makes them more dangerous on offense, at least. Yeah, I think the sh- the amount of speed on that offense now. You have Farrow Cooper, Tavon Austin, um, Robert Woods, and now. Brandon Cooks, like there's a real chance that all four of those guys might be on the field Mm -hmm. and they're all freak fast. Plus you had Gurley to that mix. Mm -hmm. And that could be a really scary offense. I think that they're really wanting to score points at the level they did last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the pickup. I like Cooks. He fills the need for that speed guy that that Watkins left a hole there. I don't love giving up a first-round draft pick. Yeah. That is, I wish they could have done it for less. Uh, I understand that that was the going price, but I was really hoping with that first-rounder that they'd take an inside linebacker. Looking at it, uh, looking back at it, they do still have Mark Barron, who's going to play one of those inside spots, so I don't think it's as huge a hole as I was thinking earlier, but I really hate giving up first-round draft picks. And, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Definitely, if it wasn't clear before, 
this is the year that they want to win. <laughs> Um, the other thing that really I don't like about this is I wish they would stop spending money on other guys until they get the Donald deal done. It, it, every time that they sign a guy, it makes me more and more nervous that they're not going to get that done and that he's going to hold out, and that should not be allowed to happen, I don't think. <laughs> don't do it! Don't do not do it! And so, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet as a fan, um, but I do think that this definitely puts them in the conversation of one of the best offenses going into the season. Um if they can, if they can stay creative and stay ahead, a step ahead of the defenses, uh, they're watch out. They were already the number one defense in their or offense, and they're only getting better. So it it could be it's it's hard to. I don't have the problem, same problem you have in terms of being optimistic, but uh, <laughs> some things seem too good to be true, and this is nearing those levels. So <laughs> we shall see. But I'm very very excited to see what this offense looks like. It's gonna suck. It's going to be awesome. Not long from the draft now, just a few weeks, right? Yeah, I think the end end of April, early May time. Yeah, so, so just a few weeks away. Patriots now have two first-round draft picks. And two second rounds. And two second rounds. Two first-round draft picks, by the way, is the going rate for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Any chance in hell you think New England goes to him? No. They, I think not. Bill Belichick wouldn't allow him on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, I, what I have been hearing, though, is that they may trade up and get into the top quarterback area mm-hmm. um which i mean i guess you kind of do have to do brady is 42 years old and as as or 41 however old he is as great as he is at some point you got to start planning for the future and if they if they have a guy that they like i could definitely see him going for him here mm-hmm. do you think is there a, is there a winner of this trade to you i think honestly i think the patriots because they got rid of a guy that they weren't going to resign anyway for a first round pick mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean they they didn't really and plus they're they're fine at receiver so yeah I think if I was being absolutely objective I I do agree with you I think the Patriots win this trade hindsight will tell mm-hmm. we'll see what they do with those picks and we'll see how uh, Cooks performs on yeah. the Rams but as of today yeah I, I would say that the scale tilts to the New England side a little bit and Cooks didn't do a whole lot with him I mean he was he was fine last year but he wasn't like the I mean, they gave up a first-round pick for him last year, mm-hmm. and I don't think he was worth that first-round pick that they gave up for him last year um, with just the amount of talent they have. Um, they're pretty deep at receiver overall. They got some guys like Malcolm Mitchell who didn't get to see the field really last year because of the receivers they had. Um, and no, Amendola is gone, but then they got Edelman still. Yeah, they still. I mean, Chris Hogan's still there. They're they're fine at receiver. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hogan ended up being their best receiver last year. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that their their wide receiver depth chart is in decent shape, and mm-hmm. they'll be fine. And also, you really don't need studs when you got Tom Brady. So, All right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see the Rams and the Patriots uh, in the uh, in the in the big game. Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. All right. From there, let's jump over to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. I'm going to quit playing the sounders if you have to dance during all of them. (laughs) I believe that you're going to kick us off with a little retro recommend. We're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, so I don't know if I recommend this movie necessarily in terms of enjoyment. Seth, stand, put your stamp of approval on (laughs) these and stand by what you're recommending to people. There's two reasons. One, this is more of an experiment to see if if this... Because I haven't watched this since I was a kid. Um, 
to see if but to see if if I'm justified in this. And two, it's like at 21% Rotten Tomatoes. I just checked it, so it's not a good movie. Uh, but it's an animated movie from the 90s that had a little bit of live action in it called Rockadoodle. Uh, let me read off the synopsis for you here because it's a doozy. In order, in order to defeat the Grand Duke of Owls, a young boy transformed into a cat teams up with a group of barnyard animals to find a rooster who can raise the sun. Raise the sun? <laughs> yeah. What? And it must be music involved. Is there that is, why it's there is, there is I've music. never heard of this. You never heard of it? So here, here's some of the cast for you. Phil Harris, he's the narrator. Glenn Campbell. Uh, he's the king. Eddie Dezine. I don't know who that is. The only person I fucking know is Christopher Plummer. He was the Grand Duke. <laughs> oh, that's. I bet he'd make a good Grand Duke. Yeah. I, mean, I made a great, good Grand Duke the, yesterday morning. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, is there a lot of music in it? Is that why it's Rockadoodle? There, yeah, I think so. Again, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And the reason I bring this up is because there was a particular scene inside of like a cave with a river. And I think it involves some of the live action stuff that scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> and I don't think it was supposed to. So if people want to check this out to see if I'm crazy and like if it's because like people and th- this also happened to me as a kid. You remember fucking Willy Wonka in the mm-hmm. Trident Factory? Yep. There's that scene when they're going through the, the tunnel where he's like screaming things mm-hmm. and like there's colors everywhere. And people to this day still say that's a creepy ass scene. Yeah. And... I'm I'm wondering if if, if that, that's the same for Rockadoodle or not. <laughs> I mean, there's a pretty good chance. Kids get scared of stuff. Like, did you ever see Little Nemo's Adventures in Dreamland? No. <laughs> okay, well, that movie's amazing, for one. And also, it's got some scary sequences in it, too, that probably shouldn't have been that scary to mm-hmm. a kid. But I was also kind of a pansy when I was a kid. Okay. So that's your rec- retro recommend. Actually, yeah. And let me make sure that I have the title the title right. And we'll have two children's movies. So indulge in your favorite uh, method of mind fluctuation. <laughs> so a little more on Little Nemo's uh, Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland is actually what it's called. And basically this kid Nemo goes to sleep and he wakes up to his bed flying and he his bed flies him to a um, basically the dream world. And so he has dreams and he has nightmares and there's this whole big adventure that he has. And it, it, it's pretty fun and cool. I used to watch the hell out of it when I was a kid. So that's Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. So two two movies to show to your kids if you have them and, and hopefully it doesn't scare the pants off them. But yeah, maybe bef- it will. Before you show them Rockadoodle, just check it out for yourself to make sure. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know why I was so scared of it. I still don't to this day. Maybe something to uh, enjoy some... Performance enhancing substances, and then, <laughs> then throw on one of those two movies. That yeah. might be pretty entertaining. Piss your pants. <laughs> well, good. Well, we got a, a two for this week on the retro recommend. So I wanted to talk a little bit. Um, you and I went to, and with Mike, with Mike V, we went to Ready Player One last week. Uh, which, by the way, you can see the ride home for on Jared Buckendall YouTube channel. So make sure that you go check that out and see what our thoughts were. But the the thing I wanted to mention was what Spielberg is able to put together, not only just in Ready Player One, but in general. And I, I've been more and more aware of Spielberg and his deep catalog since I watched the HBO 
special uh, or HBO documentary called Spielberg that came out a couple months ago. And it's like a two and a half hour or so documentary, but it is fantastic. And it just takes you through his whole filmography and he tells stories and there are other people that tell stories. One of the overarching themes of, of anyone who talks Spielberg with you will talk about just the variety of the different shit he's done. And this was super evident to me when I was thinking over the weekend about how much I enjoyed Ready Player One and how much I enjoyed The Post a couple months ago. Mm. I mean, those are pretty two different, super different movies. Like, I I, th- I would have a hard time guessing that those were the same director. Yeah. Unless you told me it was Spielberg. And that's that's his entire filmography. It's Jurassic Park and Munich. It's Schindler's List and E.T. And, you know, so, like, I'm sure that we'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't know Spielberg or hasn't seen a lot of Spielberg movies. But if you haven't and you, like, need to find a movie to watch, just find fucking anything made by Spielberg, and it's all amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things also that I'll plug real quick is uh, Collider is a YouTube channel that Seth and I are big fans of, and they're currently working through their top 10 list of Spielberg movies. And so I'll uh, I'll link to that in the description, that playlist, if you want to check out what they think are the top 10. I can already tell you I disagree with a few of their choices. But yeah, just, just wanted to, I don't know why I felt the need to put a plug in for Steven Spielberg. He doesn't need <laughs> me at all, but... Yeah, I'm just so impressed by everything that he's able to do and how different and how amazing almost all of his movies are. I mean, he's definitely listening listening to us. I'm sure he appreciates the plug that he's getting right now. Thanks for the movie, Steve. (laughs) Do you have any besides, I don't know, I don't know how much of a fan you are of directors. I know you're a big fan of certain actors. Yeah. Um, I I have my, you know, Spielberg, Tarantino, uh, a few other directors that I like. Do you have any favorite directors? I don't know that I've ever asked you that. Um, I enjoy some of the Wes Anderson movies. Just his style is pretty unique and fun. Some of the Aronofsky movies I like. Mm. I don't really have a ton of like ones that I'll go back to consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten more into Tarantino recently with some of the. I watched Kill Bill not too long ago with you. I definitely want to. I haven't watched Volume Two yet, so I'll have to check that one out. But I do like his style too. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing that I really. I mean, Kevin Smith, I guess, is the only one that, that you could say that for. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but that, they're, not, they're not great movies, but I like him for other reasons, too. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's funny. I'm just I, I'm constantly reminded of just the different ways that you and I look at movies, and that, mm-hmm. that's evidence of one of them. Spielberg, uh, widely credited with creating the blockbuster, you know, with Jaws in the late 70s. The latest blockbuster, and it is busting the, all the fucking blocks, is Black Panther. And we've talked about this at length over time, but it hit yet another milestone over this past week. And in the domestic box office, it passed Jurassic World, which was fourth all time in the U.S. box office. You heard me right, people. Jurassic World was the fourth (laughs) highest grossing movie in U.S. history. You fucking people out there who go to Jurassic World made it the number four grossing movie of all time in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I think that is laughable and sad, but I'm super glad that Black Panther passed it. Right now, the only three movies ahead of it are Titanic, Avatar, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Which, if it doesn't pass any of those, I'm okay with that. But it damn sure needed to pass Jurassic World, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) In the international box office, it also passed Frozen this last week. (laughs) <laughs> and so um, globally, it's now in the top 10 of movies all time, you know which I what? think is pretty good. If Frozen is really heard about, butthurt about that, they just need to let it go, okay? I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. They just need to go build a snowman and fuck off. Yeah. And those are the only two songs we know from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. <laughs> I didn't see that, nor did I see Jurassic World. 
Did you know that that sequel comes out this summer? And no one is talking about it. Frozen 2? No. Jurassic World. Oh, yeah. Jurassic World 2. Yeah. yeah that's because it had a dog shit trailer that was not interesting yeah. at all. And uh, actually, the, there was a bit of news on that. The uh, Colin Trevorrow, mm-hmm. who, who was going to do episode 9 of Star Wars, got fired. Uh, he's coming back to do, to do the third Jurassic World. Yikes. Yeah. Why have they already greenlit a third one? <laughs> because so the, first one, the first one made all that kind of all the money yeah, that it made. When you have the highest grossing, one of the highest grossing U.S. films ever. It was really funny too because we did a we did a trivia that summer, and yeah. and uh, it was about like what movies that summer had made the most money. I think Avengers came out that same summer. Was it Ultron? Uh, yeah, it was Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like that, and then there was maybe like Ambition Imp- or Fast and the Furious. So there was a Fast and the Furious that summer too, and it was like name two of the three top grossing movies that summer, and we're like, oh yeah, those those two, and no, we lost because Jurassic World was had beat those two out. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was disgusting. We didn't even know. Like we didn't know how big of a hit that movie was. No one did at the time, but apparently everyone was sneaky going to it a bunch of times because they were embarrassed to say that they were going to it. <laughs> you know, I never saw that movie. It might be good, but I don't think it is. I've heard ever since that, like, people have given it time and that it's just really mediocre. Yeah. It's not It's not terrible, but it's not great. So That's about what I would expect. That also um, relates to Spielberg, of course. He did the original Jurassic Park, which is awesome. Did he do the second one, too? I think he did do the second one, yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, For whatever reason, weird fun fact, Jurassic Park makes me cry. (laughs) Don't know why. But when they first open the gates and he says, welcome to Jurassic Park, and they play the song, every time. (laughs) When I rode rode the ride at Universal Studios, (laughs) I cried on the ride because they open the doors in front of you and play the song. I don't know what the fuck it is. I didn't ever do. Oh my god, I did not know this. Yeah, honest, honest to god. You were like, you were like, <laughs> almost without fail. You were going through the ride, and you're like, oh, that water is really intense. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was really <laughs> glad that they sprayed you with water right after that. I was having a real fucking moment. Oh my god. Yeah. I I did not know that. So, <laughs> is it just the song, or is it that? I think it's all of it together. Like okay. it's the visual. It's what it is. Is I think it calls back to a time when I was a kid, uh-huh. and this is one of the things that Spielberg does best, and he instills in you a sense of just wonder and amazement and awe, uh-huh. and I think, I I almost, I have think it must be calling back to whatever memory as a kid, seeing that for the first time, because as a five-year-old watching that movie for the first time, it melts your fucking brain that, that you're watching dinosaurs running around. That movie scared the piss out of me. Well, at certain points, yeah. but this was before it was scary. I guess so. I'm just, <laughs> I'm a wuss. Yeah, because <laughs> I couldn't watch that movie. Scared me. I couldn't watch it past the when I remember, still remember to this day when that dinosaur the the things come out the side of its face and he spits. Yeah, he spits boiling acid on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it does. It gets scary. Um, but that part in the beginning, I think I don't know. It makes me feel like a four year old or whatever, and yeah. it, it makes me cry. I don't know. Huh? Strange. Because <laughs> it's not even Jurassic Park. I wouldn't even list as one of my favorite movies or anything like that. But. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, it always gets me. Don't right. know why. Yeah. Well, Fun fact, though. It's good to know. I There is no good way to segue out of that. So we're just going to make a jump here. <laughs> um, the writers of the Jigsaw movie 
that came <laughs> that came out um, last October that I hated. That was our favorite movie that year. And you you tolerated a little better than I do, but it sounds like they're not done torturing me yet, huh? Oh yeah, you're gonna be deep into a trap uh, with a, another Jigsaw movie. Apparently, I don't know if it's gonna be. I, I didn't really read any details, but I wonder if it'll be like a sequel to to the prequel, or if it'll be a continuation from the latest movies. Oh, yeah, because that was the plot twist, was that Jigsaw takes place before everything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't Which, know. I mean, fine, whatever. Like, I have serious disdain. I, I'm. What sucks is, like, I have to go, because I'm a fan <laughs> of the franchise and yeah. everything. But, like, I wrote this down in my show notes as Jigsaw writers doing this bullshit again. <laughs> <laughs> so, be on the lookout for more Jigsaw, apparently. Yeah. So I've got two uh, quickie Netflix reviews. I had a big day on Sunday where I watched a bunch of movies. Uh, well, two. And, and so actually I watched three movies, but one of them was Goodfellas. And oh, yeah. like, that's an old one, so I'm not going to review it. For review you. it. Goodfellas is awesome. I guess it could kind of be a retro recommend. Watch Goodfellas. If you yeah. have, and if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again because it's you know, really fucking good. Speaking of, of retro recommends and uh, retro shit, uh, Jared just announced today on his YouTube. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He announced that he's doing JV Classics, which he's he's told us a, he we've gotten a little inside knowledge from it, so we won't say anything. But it's it, it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, JV Classics. Uh, if you're not if you're following Jared on Twitter at Jared Buckendall, uh, then you saw the announcement today. I'm sure it won't be long before uh, videos are going up on the YouTube page, also at Jared Buckendall. So yeah, really excited for some of those JV yeah. Classics. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Where were we? Reviews. Yeah, so one of the movies I saw, I went to the theater to see the movie Thoroughbreds, um, which I don't think really anybody has heard of. It stars Olivia Cook and Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy, you're going to remember most recently from Split. She's kind of the main girl in that. She's also in The Witch as the lead. Uh, really, really great young actress. She's only been in a couple things, but I, I think she's really got a future. Um, Olivia Cook, you you saw in Ready Player One as Artemis. Uh, she's also in Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Um, she was in Bates Motel Show. So she, she's got some stuff going on, too. Um, basically, it's these two girls, and they hatch a plot to murder the one girl's stepdad, who they really hate. And it's one of those kind of quirky, uh, kind of witty dialogue, fast-talking kind of things. And Olivia Cook's character is, um, she's a psychopath. Which I guess technically means that she just doesn't have emotions. And so that is a, a big wrench thrown into the whole thing. So I liked it. It was a charming little movie. It's dark, but uh, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked sort of the dialogue in this. So I, I do give it a recommend. It is a it, an interesting thing about it is it's the last movie that Anton Yelkin was in. Mm. Anton Yelkin, you, you probably remember uh, from the, the new Star Trek series. He's the Russian um, Scotty. And he he died last summer, and they had already filmed this movie, and they postponed the release of it until mm. this year um, for that reason. So he he plays a kind of a cool little role in this one. Um, yeah, just a really nice little movie. I would say you can probably wait until it comes out on Netflix to watch it. You don't need to rush out to the theater, but it is a nice one. I'd say get it in the queue for sure. Yeah, I've heard good things. It was a it was like the darling at Sundance this mm -hmm. year. So yeah. yeah. The um, a movie you can already watch on Netflix is another one I watched that day. It was called Happy Anniversary. You've probably Happy seen it. Happy Anniversary, Anniversary today. Hey, do you not remember that from Regrets? I don't know. It's the anniversary. <laughs> I don't remember how it goes now. That's fun. Good times. There's your obligatory Rugrats mention of the week. Yeah. Uh, Happy Anniversary. You, you may have seen it on your Netflix ads. It is a Netflix original movie. 
Um, and it stars the actor who plays Jean Ralphio on Parks and Rec. I think his name's Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, I've never really gone through the trouble to name him. And then Noelle Wells, who was the female lead in the first season of Master of None. And she's been in a handful of other things, too. This is, if you're familiar with her, this movie is super her. Um, the The story is about the, it's like the third anniversary for this couple. And they're kind of questioning whether or not they should stay together or if they should get married or what they want to do. So it's just kind of an interesting little slice of life look into their relationship. Um, it's really in the vein of, uh, I would say, love, if you enjoy that show. Ooh. Um, not quite as dark. I mean, and, like, they're not as shitty people. Oh. Um, but it is very realistic. They, they talk about kind of real problems that they have. And it's really just a good, I would say a pretty good like little date movie if you wanted to watch one. But just an interesting look. Again, some some nice witty dialogue. There's some th- some fun comedy parts in it. So um, I, I give it a recommend, if, especially if you already have Netflix, get it in your queue and, um, you know, help help Netflix <laughs> raise the ratings on their original content, which they have entirely too fucking much of. <laughs> But yeah, especially for you, Seth, I think this one's right up your alley, so you should check it out. And then uh, some of the viewers out there, like I said, if you're into like love, uh, very, very similar kind of thing. So so check this one out. Neat. I'll also give a very quick recommend. Uh, I just started the uh, um, a comedy special on Netflix um, by a guy named James Acaster, and he's, a, he's British. So one, he's got a pretty thick British accent, so you have to be able to understand that. But he has a, a comedy special that's in four parts. And from what I can tell, all four parts are meant to be watched as one thing. And so there's kind of some ongoing jokes and some ongoing themes throughout. So um, I've watched the first episode. I just watched it today or the first hour or the first special, however it is you want to put it. But uh, I'm really excited about it. I, I've, I've grown really to enjoy Brits and their humor. So um, it's something I'm watching. It's a really specific, uh, if you're into that sort of thing, um, watch it. But that's just kind of what I'm working on now. So pretty excited about that. So that should fill up your Netflix queue for a little bit if you're really dying for something to watch. Um, Otherwise, you probably need for us to talk some TV. That's what she said. TV. TV this week is brought to you by our Pop Tart of the Week, Printed Fun Gingerbread. Crazy Seth, it is crunch time for you in TV right now. Yeah. A lot of of shows are ending. A lot of shows are starting. We're going to talk about a lot of shit that you're watching. Um, we're going to get to a couple, couple TV corners. We'll save those for the end, but I want to quickly just give a rundown of a few shows that have come out in the last couple weeks that I don't think you've started on. Um, and those are going to be unfor- series of unfortunate events. I watched a little bit of that. You've seen part of the first episode, I think. Most of, that. of the first episode, yeah. So that just came out last week on yep. Netflix. So you can start that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one I'll be watching too, actually. It's in my queue. Mm-hmm. Um, Santa Clarita Diet came I watched, out a couple weeks ago. Watched the first two episodes of that. Okay, so that's underway. Yeah. And then the third one is Sneaky Pete, which is on Amazon. Watched most of the first episode of that. <laughs> yeah. So those are underway. <laughs> Seth is working through those, and we'll get TV corners as soon as all of those drop. Um, any any first impressions on any of those that you want to share? Um, Santa Clarita Diet's very funny. I, I I think that show knows it knows what it is, and it sticks to it, which is good. Nothing really groundbreaking. Uh, Unfortunate Events is kind of a similar vein. It's... But it's it, that show is so cool in terms of its style and its inside jokes mm-hmm. and just the just just the way it's written. I love so um, that one. I'm really excited to get back into. And then Sneaky Pete, that's a show that I loved as a whole. That was the overarching story, 
And I think the second season is going to be the same. Second season was reviewed very well, too, uh, so far in terms of Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. So I'm excited to be able to – That that's one that takes more time to invest in and watch all the way through instead of kind of getting the first first bit of it. So. I saw the trailer for Sneaky Pete season two, and it mm. looks awesome. Yeah. So, and I never watched the first season, but that's one I could see myself coming back to later on. Yeah, that show is really good. Really, really smart uh, in terms of, and uh, you have to pay attention to a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. it's cool seeing like the con artist stuff that he does. It's really neat. So it's fun. Oh, a good con. Let's stick with the streaming services and talk a little Stranger Things, which it's Stranger Things is never not in the fucking news. Um, this week it came out. Millie Bobby Brown is going to make like three million on the new season, which is what? awesome. Yeah. What? She got a huge raise. Um, and uh, what's Finn Wolfhard making? I don't know. I think she's making more than the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. But yeah, big payday for her, which uh, good for you, man. That's awesome. Um, the other news that came out this week, the Duffer brothers are being sued. <laughs> by someone who thinks that they ripped off his idea. And so there was a, I believe it's a short film that came out, uh, I don't know, eight or nine years ago that has very similar themes of like some monsters and a government cover-up. And the main, one of the main characters is a sheriff who kind of has his own demons to deal with. I don't know if there are kids involved or if they really steer into the nostalgia quite as much as Netflix, but, or uh, as much as Stranger Things. But yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of similar for whatever reason, I want to side with the Duffer Brothers on this. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, because on the one hand, every of course, every idea has been thought of. Right. You know what I mean? You and I were just talking about this um, a couple weeks ago. I thought of what I thought was a pretty cool idea for a short film, mm-hmm. told you about it, and then Googled it, and the exact short film exists <laughs> as a short film already. So it's like, of course, there's going to be some stepping on toes and things like that. Now, this guy may be right. Maybe the Duffer Brothers ripped him off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he stands a shot in hell of getting any money out of him. Right. And it's funny that, like, this kind of thing can happen, but also you can still get, like, White House down and Olympus has fallen in the same year and nobody complains. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Well, I mean, Stranger Things is worth so much fucking money now. I mean, they're doing a universal ride experience type thing, mm-hmm. which if they – when that is done, I'd love to do that. That'd be cool. It probably but, is really cool. Yeah. But, I mean, there's just so many different things they, they've been able to monetize now through Stranger Things that – that's the thing is like this guy just comes out now and says this mm-hmm. like now when it's in its second almost third season <laughs> yeah and the the actors are making three million for a season like it's it's a money thing i think you're right i do let's talk about the cw a little bit and it seems to me like they've been on a... to defy brought to you by the cw <laughs> It seems like they've been doing pretty well the last couple years, and that is evidenced by the fact that they just renewed pretty much everything they have. (laughs) I was looking at the list. They've already renewed 10 series that are already in the works, including, um, I know, like Black Lightning and one other freshman show that they had on Mm -hmm. is getting renewed as well. I don't know that they've announced anything getting canceled yet. There's like three shows, one of them called Valor, that people don't like. That's probably not going to get renewed, but yeah. Oh, Dynasty I, and, and is the I, other one that got renewed. I, I Zombie is also on the on the fringe as mm-hmm. well. But for the most part, all of the all of the Arrowverse is coming back. More yeah. of that. Um, Riverdale has been a huge hit. Mm-hmm. People are really enjoying that. That's going to be coming back. CW, you know, they've got kind of a niche um, demographic that mm-hmm. they seem to be steering at, but they really seem to be doing it well. Yep. And in as evidenced by the fact they're expanding their programming schedule to include Sundays now. Yeah, I think Arrow is going to be on Sundays. 
Wouldn't surprise me. I think it might be Arrow. I can't remember. But yeah, they, they're definitely doing it. I mean, Greg Berlanti, who's the... He's like the Kevin Feige. I think we talked about this at Love, Simon. Mm-hmm. He's like the Kevin Feige of, of the Arrowverse mm-hmm. and NCW because he he also runs Riverdale, too. Um, he's he's doing an amazing job in terms of keeping everything together and straight and uh, still entertaining for people. So, Yeah, pretty impressive. I, I've, I've shit on the CW a lot. Mm-hmm. I know at least to you. I don't know how much I've done it on, on the podcast here, but um, good for them, man. If yeah. they're crushing it and making ratings, I love it. Yeah. That's cool. And Legends of Tomorrow, which I'll have a TV corner for probably next week because the season ends. That show is amazing. <laughs> so I'm glad I got another season because they're they're also adding some new some characters as regulars now from the season. So so you you watch quite a few of the CW shows. Any anything that you're surprised to see got renewed? No, uh, maybe maybe Arrow. I thought maybe this would be end, the end for Arrow, but really no because the 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 last few seasons have been better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they picked up. It's probably my second favorite. It's probably past Flash again, but le- nothing can beat Legends at this point. Yeah, they've got a lot of a lot of good stuff on their hands. The CW does, so yeah, good for them. I like it. They should keep keep doing good stuff. I think um, I know like Crazy Ex Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin are being brought back, but for final seasons. Okay, so they're they're going to be in their final seasons starting next fall. So I don't know how Supernatural is in, in its final season, but people God. people are obsessed about that show. It's like SVU. Like mm-hmm. they just keep fucking making. <laughs> like how many times can you fight a fucking ghost? I don't know how they haven't run out of ideas for ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> they had to have gone through every ghost. <laughs> there's got to be like 300 episodes of that thing. Yeah, there's okay. a lot. 14 what? seasons. 14 times 20, at least. That's like a thousand. <laughs> no, it's, it never was up my alley. I tried Supernatural, couldn't get into it. But again, I mean, if it's making you money, keep doing it. Fine, man. Whatever. Mm-hmm. CBS is all access. Uh, we've heard news kind of trickle in over time about their CBS's streaming service. Um, the latest season of Big Brother was exclusive to the All At... Well, no, it wasn't. No, that was... It was this past summer. Last summer. Uh, it was after... Well, after the regular season of it. Yeah. It was Big Brother over the top. Over was, the top. Yeah. So was, they had a, an exclusive Big Brother season. Did you yeah. watch that? Nope. No. Anyway, uh, that was on CBS All Access. I think the biggest thing right now is Star Trek Discovery is on there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything in terms of reviews about that. People it like it. Yeah, yeah. people like it. So uh, they're hoping to continue uh, what's been sort of fledgling success, but uh, I think they've landed a pretty big property that could that could put them on their way here. Uh, Stephen King's The Stand, which I know you've read some of, yeah. um, is a lengthy motherfucker. Oh of a book. god, yeah. <laughs> I read. I I listened to like a normal book sized amount of that, and I was like, I can't do it anymore. He's still describing the characters, and it's like seven seventeen chapters in right now. <laughs> Uh, no, King has never been short on descriptors. I don't really know anything about what the stand is, so can you tell us a little bit what that? What can we expect to see on that show, which is going to be on CBS All Access? Yeah, they tried making either a movie or it might have been a mini series, and it failed miserably. But uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, maybe a little more time with it. But uh, it's it's kind of like a, it's basically uh, it's it, the book takes place in like the. Depends on which book you read. The first one, I think, is the 50s, and then he rewrote it. Uh, or they did the extend it, and it was in the 80s. But there is this virus of some kind that wipes out the majority of the Earth's population. And that's what I got through. That's like the first third of the book. <laughs> it's just them explaining, him explaining the characters that are involved and also how this virus wipes everybody out. And then past that, it, it gets into like the... Uh, it's like a post-apocalyptic thing with different with different uh, tribes and groups and stuff. 
So kind of like a Walking Dead, but no zombies. I don't think there's any zombies. There might be some mutations. Uh, but basically, that that's kind of what it is, is the world pa- after it's, it ends with all, all the people dying from a disease. And it's, it's like it's the government's fault and stuff, too. So, like, the government knew about this disease and it was testing it and stuff and it got out. Hmm. That sounds awesome. It, it Like this. I haven't bought anything for for the CBS, but I would probably do it for the stand if, yeah. if it's if it's done well. I hope it is. I hope they take their time and they're able to do it in a few, you know, a lot of seasons and stuff. With King, you really have to take your time because reading a King book is a whole experience. Like, you have to really dive into that shit. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they can create a show that allows you to also do that. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, this could be, the, yeah, This like you said, it could be the thing that gets us to CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last few things here, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at you, Seth. Uh, you've got a show to give some praise to. You've got a show to dump, and a couple shows to review. Uh, let's start on the high end of things. You wanted to talk about uh, Atlanta and its new season. Yeah, it's it's almost about halfway through the season. I think. Uh, I think they only well, you know what? They might only do ten episodes. Let me double check that. Eleven. <laughs> That's a random number. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're, we're basically halfway through. There's 11, 11 episodes, uh, for the second season of Atlanta. And this show has really, has really impressed me like a lot this year. And and this is a show that won an Emmy last year (laughs) and it's, it's gotten even better. It's, it's, there's different episodes. We were talking the other day. It's a show that is almost like an anthology type show, but it's, but the characters are all the same, so it's you, you get to know these characters and really like them. It it has a, an amazing mix, better than any I've ever seen for a show of comedy, but also and it like genuinely like le- shitting your pants comedy, <laughs> but also like really serious topics that make statements, like strong statements with like race and uh, relationships and things like that. Uh, this most recent episode, I was rolling. I, I haven't <laughs> laughed at a TV show this like that consistently in a long time. But all the episodes are very different. There's especially the second season. They're 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 very different. There's not an episode that so far that you can say has been like the others. Uh, just the creativity that that Donald Glover has is is insane. Um, he's directed a lot of these. He's written a lot of these episodes. It's a show that I mean anyone should check out at this point it, it it has so much to say but will also make you really laugh like hard um i know you're working your way through the first season right now mm-hmm. i can't wait for you to see the second the second season because that like the second season so far has been it, it, it's worth watching through the first season and the first season i thought was great but it, it's worth watching through to get to the second one because once you get to the second one you're going to be I, I think you're going to i think you're going to love it I'm really excited to keep going. I, I'm four or five episodes into the first season right now, and uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. It hasn't yet hooked me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to you about this. I, I don't know that I've gotten far enough into it for it to really hit a stride. Yeah. Um, but I have really enjoyed each episode that I've seen, so I think I'm still kind of just getting used to it. Um, but think, yeah, really excited to get to. You've you've alluded to a couple of the things that they do yeah. in some episodes and in the second season. I'm really excited to see some of that stuff. And I think the thing that makes it so funny and so, so like that makes such good statements about it is the characters in the show are like the viewers. Mm-hmm. So they they react kind of like how you would watching it. They're like when something because the 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 main characters are like that because the the 
the scenarios that they're that are happening around them and the characters that are happening around them that are that are not the core characters. That's like the wacky, wild, crazy stuff that's happening. But the main characters react to that stuff like you would as a viewer, like seriously, like they, they kind of <laughs> do that. Like, are you serious right now? Like that type of stuff. And like even watching the show, even before that character says it, I think that like, really, <laughs> you know, like I can't believe that's happening to them. That's there's no way this is happening to them. So yeah, it, it's just really cool, really smart. It's 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 the smartest comedy that I've seen in a long time. So I love it. I love it. Good stuff. And I, of course, as the season comes to an end, we'll have a little bit more in depth TV corner. I'm looking forward to getting caught up. Caught up. Hopefully, I can do so by then. But let's move on to something I I'm looking forward to, and I've been encouraging for a while now. <laughs> and this is going to come in the way of a new segment that we're going to call the TV Graveyard. So, uh, Seth, tell us a little bit about what the what we can expect out of the TV graveyard, and then let us know what show is headed there this week. Well, the TV graveyard graveyard is where I've gone to the main actor's house and killed them. <laughs> <laughs> Claire Danes is dead. So, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> That would be awful if she actually was, and then I become a suspect. Uh, what's funny is if this this joke will definitely age badly at some point. <laughs> no, TV Graveyard is where I have uh, finally put put the axe to the to a show that I've that has been on been on the fringe for a while, and this show is Homeland, as you might have guessed with Claire Danes. <laughs> Me saying Claire Danes is dead. <laughs> So Homeland, it's God, it's on like its seventh or eighth season at this point, and a show that that I was really hooked into for the first God, probably four or five seasons even, and it's just really gotten very repetitive recently. Um, it's it's taken the the most recent season has taken on a storyline almost of House of Cards, which it's like, a you're not House of Cards, don't even try. <laughs> And I and B I've already seen this, so I don't need to see it from a show that's going to do it as mediocre, a mediocre version of one of my favorite shows. So, the other deciding factor, because while while my time is very limited when it comes to television shows, what's also limited is the amount of money I'm going to spend on TV shows, and I had to purchase <laughs> the the, <laughs> the Showtime pass in order to watch this. So I was like, I, I'm not going to justify spending even. Nine dollars a month on watching the show anymore because it's not. I would sit there just on my phone scrolling because I get bored. Mm-hmm. And and the performances are very good. Like even last season, I think Claire Danes and Mandy Patinkin were both nominated for Emmys for it. The performances are great. Um, it's just that the show is not. It, it's not gripping anymore. You know. So, yeah, I had to kill it. I had to put the axe to it. Yikes! Well, Homeland, welcome to the TV graveyard. Uh, in Perv news about Homeland, uh, you can see, can't think of the actress's name, but Supergirl. Uh, Melissa Benoist. Melissa Benoist is nude in one of the first couple seasons of that yeah. show. So if you're into that, maybe don't go watch Homeland, but Google it. Mel- <laughs> Melissa Benoist. <Benoist-ed. laughs> yeah, I should have known. I should have known you'd make that one. Well... Rest in peace, Homeland. Uh, we've got some other shows to review, though. Let's get over to Cess TV Corner. 
parts of my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that since we made it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, good times. Uh, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I hate us sometimes. <laughs> I've actually uh, brought my own theme song for you for, for this one. There you go. Any tears yet? That's not fair. <laughs> oh my god. Cody's crying. I'm weeping. Please excuse me. Review the show while I go gather my composure. His eyes are moist. <laughs> They're bemoist. <laughs> Gross. All right, so yeah, TV Corner has returned. We have two of two shows, one that ended in its run on Stars, which I did pay for, and the other one uh, on Netflix, which was binged. I'll go with the Netflix one first, which was Jessica Jones. Put in a sounder there. I don't need a sounder there. I'm kidding. Da-da-da, Jessica Jones! <laughs> How'd you know the theme song? You haven't even watched an episode. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So Jessica Jones season two basically picks up kind of after the the defenders a little bit uh there wasn't really much implication from from that she didn't really she she's herself still she's very much a foul-mouthed uh drunk private eye and so this season kind of goes into more of her backstory and her past uh because that's not really something that's been explored uh she basically how she got her powers and her what happened to her parents and her her family in general why they're why they're not around why she's so depressed and all that stuff I thought the season was definitely much slower paced than the first season. Uh, there was very little to like no action in this <laughs> in this season. Uh, there wasn't much fighting. I was really hoping to, to get to see her fly in this because that's one of her powers is flying, and she didn't do that either. So I'm hoping that's a, in a future future season. Uh, but it, it was a lot of people were kind of hating on the season because of its pacing, and well, I I I don't actually feel that way while. You might expect more action from a Marvel show. I did like being able to know more about her as a character because I think she is one of the deeper characters in in the Marvel, at least for the Netflix shows and for that for the Marvel TV universe. There, she, I mean, because she has the whole family dying thing, she has the whole getting the powers thing, and this depression she has, and and the way she's cut off with people. You get to kind of see in the season her with a relationship, how that works. And her maybe opening up a little bit, things like that. Um, you do get a little bit of, of Kilgrave. I won't spoil how that happens, but it's kind of cool how he's involved in this in this season as well, uh, which he's my favorite villain of the Marvels, Marvel uh, TV universe and just Marvel in general. He's he's definitely the, the deepest and most sinister uh, villain, maybe until Thanos. We'll see. But, uh, no, it, it's it, like I said, it's a good season, though. It it it. It adds, I think, more to her character to to the point maybe where if she gets a season three, it, it'll it'll help that season. It's kind of more of a bridge season, I think, than than anything. So, wasn't fun, but it was it was it was enjoyable. I, I liked the backstory. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I had heard some pretty negative reviews about it, but you're right. I mean, shows do kind of need a bridge at at points, and mm-hmm. you got to get into the deeper stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think the Marvel shows in general have done better than the movies. Yeah. Giving you really the deep backstories that go along with the action. Um, so yeah, hopefully they get their third season so that they can kind of complete whatever it is they're setting up here. But yeah. And we get, we get Luke, uh, Luke Cage season two in, in uh, June as well. So we'll be nice. getting some more Netflix shows here coming up. I guess the only thing that really annoyed me about this season was 
her sister, foster sister, basically her best friend Trish, Trish Walker. She uh, she's very annoying in the season. She she's battled some like drug issues and stuff, and they kind of brought that back into into the equation with with this season, which it which wasn't. I don't think it added a whole lot. What it did though, what it did do is set up. She's uh, in Trish Walker in the comics is actually a hero named Hellcat. Um, I don't know if she's even tied to Jessica Jones in the comics or not, but she, it's not, it, it seems like they're setting up for her to be a hero in the next season. So that might be interesting, uh, an interesting plot device next season. But yeah, this season, I I was a fan of her in the first season, but this season I, I didn't really like her. So, Well, poop on you, Trish. <laughs> Gross. Do you think that post-Defenders, do you like where the Marvel TV shows are going to go? Are you optimistic for the future of them? Yeah, because I, I think they're kind of retconning some of the Defender stuff. Mm-hmm. They're just really not even addressing the Defenders. People are kind of underwhelmed by it. Again, I thought that was okay. I heard it was poopy. Yeah, it was okay. But they're not really addressing a whole lot of it. They might do another season, might not, who knows. But I I, I think they're better on their own, to be honest. And and like I, like, I do like when some of the characters come in and out, like, the first season of Luke Cage, or the first season of Jessica Jones, Luke Cage was introduced in that. I liked their dynamic a lot. They were boning a lot too, so that was fun. Noise. <laughs> um, Foggy Nelson from from Daredevil is actually, and then Jerry Hogarth, who is the the lawyer for all, like Iron Fist and also Jessica Jones. He, she was introduced in Jessica Jones and stuff. Uh, the first season, uh, she was a, a main storyline in the second season. Of Jessica Jones and Foggy Nelson was in an episode as well. Uh, of course, you have the 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 night nurse with Rosario Dawson. She's been in and out. So I like when they have them connected through those characters and stuff mm-hmm. and little appearances, uh, maybe some arcs throughout the season. But uh, I don't really need a whole Defenders thing. And I think that's kind of where this is going to be going, for, for at least for the near future. Well, there you have it. Marvel Netflix TV universe going strong. We like where that's going 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 forward. Uh, this next series that we're going to talk about, I'm really excited to hear you uh, talk about it. Doesn't belong to any franchise or anything like that. Just a standalone one season thing on Stars. Uh, talking, of course, about Counterpart. Uh, so tell us a little bit about about that. Counterpart starring Just Kidding Simmons. <laughs> um, so yes, it, it does star uh, J.K. Simmons takes place in this universe basically where, I mean, it's on Earth, but it's during the Cold War time. I think I talked a little bit about when I first discovered the show, but it takes place during the or current times. But during the Cold War time, there was some sort of experiment or explosion that caused uh, two parallel universes to be created from that point forward. And so there's identical versions of everyone on from that point on these planets or on earth in these universes. And so in one side there's basically it's, it's like there is now technology's advanced. Um, you know, it, it looks pretty identical to what it is. The other side, there was some sort of disease uh, that wiped out at like millions of people and technology isn't quite as, as advanced. Um, so it's kind of just a little bit behind in this, in that earth. And on that earth there, these people, that know about these two earths kind of have like this, this group where they kind of go back and forth about the status of the, the separate earths and, and they kind of share information and try to negotiate terms basically. And so that, that 
that I think is the most interesting part of the show. But the the overall plot revolves around J.K. Simmons and his two selves. His name's Howard. Uh, Howard, I can't remember his last name, but his name's Howard. He they're on one Earth, the Earth that you kind of start off in, and is is the the Earth that's most like ours. He's this very reserved and almost like weak and feeble um, dude. His his wife has been in a car accident, or she was hit by a car, and so he's like just very he's servant of her. He's always tra- he's he visits her every day in the hospital. He goes to work, and that's all he does. He goes to work, goes to visit her. On the other Earth, this Howard is uh, like a badass secret agent dude. And so events happen because this 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 story is very there's a lot of twists and turns. It's like a it's like a sci-fi thriller type show. So saying anything would would definitely spoil some things. But through events that happen, these these two Howards meet, and that's where the show really kind of kicks off. And the, the, really, the, the the incredible thing is how J.K. Simmons performs back and forth mm. between these two characters because this, he's, like I said, the, he's very reserved on the the Earth like ours, and the other one, he's a, just a badass, mean dude. And I can't imagine how hard it would be not to only just have two different roles like that, but also act at yourself like that. <laughs> yeah. So his his performances are great, but there's there's a lot of really good uh, supporting characters in the show as well. Uh, the story is very, very interesting and, and engrossing. There's tons of twists and twists and turns and moments you don't expect. Uh, there's some cool action in it too, with with J.K. Simmons and some of the other characters who, uh, a lot of gun, like gun gun type stuff, um, like a like a spy movie or spy show. There's also some pretty gnarly kills in this. In this, there's one kill that uses like a zip tie that. Um, like where this this person sneaks up on a, on a person and uses a zip tie to kill them with it, it's really fucking it's it's awful. Hey. Yeah, um, that that scene is 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 like oh that's 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 not fun to watch. <laughs> um, but it's it's really it's it's smart. It's a really smart show too. Just kind of, of seeing the worlds back and forth and and how how they had to put this together. Um, I know this is on stars, so you would have to pay for it to watch it. Um, I don't think it's that much, like eight bucks a month or something. But the, on Stars, they do like a thing afterwards of showing um, the behind the scenes and stuff, and that was cool to watch. Actually, I would actually stick around to watch that because the the creator of the show talks about uh, how he set up certain scenes and how he's how he's creating the world that he has. So it's interesting. It's very cool. So I, I definitely recommend the show, hundred percent. Worth uh, worth paying for the stars. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I mean, you get a free. I, I, you could binge it now. I mean, if you you can get a free week on Amazon um, and binge the whole thing. It's it's done now. I think it's it was twelve episodes, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a bingeable show too. So you might not even have to pay for it if you do it in a week. But I like the idea of this a lot. Um, the premise has me definitely wanting to watch it. This mm-hmm. is something I have on my list. Who knows when I'll get to it? But mm-hmm. I also really like J.K. Simmons getting to stretch his legs. Sounds yeah. very appealing to me. He just so often plays supporting roles where mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot i'm i think the last time i saw him really get to to be out there was mm-hmm. um whiplash and that's been years now yep. so i'm really excited at the, at the idea of him really getting out there um and the and the premise of course is this a uh without giving too much away here uh will this end as a one season show or do you anticipate more seasons yeah they set it up to have more 
So yeah, it'll it'll have more seasons, I think. Um, Howard Silk is his name. It just came to me. Sick. Uh, his wife is really good too. Uh, she she plays a role in both Earths. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so many cool characters in the show. There's just some really interesting storylines, and I, I think that this is a show even without J.K. Simmons and that storyline, it would be really interesting just without that. Just mm-hmm. seeing the two Earths and how like the diplomacy of both Earths works and how they how they go back and forth. Um, how they're in the spy part of it too, because like especially the spy part of the Earth that's like not as good, uh, wanting to be better. Uh, that the, their whole spy organization there is really cool. So it's it's like it's just a weird sp- spy thriller sci-fi show. It's cool. Sounds like a big hot pile of stuff I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So yeah, add a sweet butt in it, and you're gonna love it. That's true. I bet you there's some sweet butts in it. <laughs> Well, there you go. Counterpart gets a big recommend. Uh, Jessica Jones, stay on it if you already are. Yep. And take that money that you were spending on, was it Showtime? Yeah. To watch Homeland and uh, slide that over to the stars portion of your budget and use it to watch Counterpart instead. Mm-hmm. I think that's good advice. Yep. A lot of good stuff today. I, I really, I, honestly, we don't usually do this, but I really want to play it again. So this has been Seth's TV Corner. <laughs> That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo, indeed. <laughs> Woo, indeed. This has been episode 38 of the SoCo Show. Really getting up there. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. We're getting old. I love it. Uh, thanks. Just a random uh, thank you to the folks that subscribe to us and listen to us all the time. We, we very much appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you about the episodes uh, if you're not subscribed yet make sure you do that wherever it is you may be listening make sure you're subscribed so you can be the first to hear new episodes every friday um, also get to us on twitter we are at seth oat at underscore cody michael and at soco show pod uh, send us an email if you like we are uh, soco show 91 at gmail.com and of course don't forget us on youtube you'll find the ride home uh, most recently, we rode home from Ready Player One, and that featured our good friend Mike Vandenhol. So make sure you check that one out. That's going to be on Jared Buckendall's YouTube channel, where, again, uh, you're going to see hella reviews from him. I know his Ready Player One review is up, um, and lots of good stuff to come, especially as we get into the summer movie season, which weirdly is about to start <laughs> in April. Um, also, be on the lookout for JB Classics. Make sure you're following Jared on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, at Jared Buckendall for all the latest updates. Also, don't forget audibletrial.com slash SoCo. That's going to give you your first 30 days of Audible and your first book credit for free. Free! With that, we're going to wrap up episode 38. It's Seth Ott and Cody Michael. We'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.